Hey, Joe. Hello, Mike Lawson. And hello to everybody listening. My name is Mike. That's Joe. I live in the San Francisco Bay Area. Joe lives in LA. We have been friends for over a decade, and each week we call one another and we catch up. Yes, we do, Mike Lawson. Yes, we do. That is what we do every single week without fail. We should maybe tell people, it's going to become apparent anyway, we recorded the last episode that was out last week. We recorded that a few days ago, two days ago. What? Do you, we, no, we recorded it seven days ago today. No. So two days ago we recorded. So I don't have actually any personal stories. I'm just going to do news stories because not much has happened unless you want to talk about uh, my walk to work. Mm-hmm. Um, and that actually is just the kind of normal story I tell on here, though, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't want to make those jokes anymore because you get so angry. No, I don't. You threw over. Okay, one time I cut that. I edited this out of the show. Mike threw over his desk. He was so angry. I threw a what? You threw your desk over like on that Jersey Shore. Oh. Well, not Jersey, really, that uh, Real Housewives. Remember that that Italian woman on the Real Housewives of New Jersey, and she flipped the table. Mm, no. I don't watch on Real Housewives of New Jersey. I don't real. I don't watch that show either. It's so famous. Oh, I'm not familiar. So, how do you want to do this? Do you want to tell a story first? You got some stories to tell, right? I do. I have to I have Hawaii to talk about, and then I have a shorter personal story. Okay, let's go. So we'll start with Hawaii. Then maybe we'll just do a news story, and okay. then do the other short story and a news story, and get out of here. Lickety split. Yeah. Are you yeah. also in a sound effects studio? Why? Do you hear noises? I heard a car honking, but like the kind of oh. honking you hear like in a sound effect studio. <laughs> it, I'm surprised you heard it. I heard it too, but I kind of didn't even register it. But I do. I don't know. I have the windows open again. Well, you have. I mean, I, I, I. Here's the thing with me is, uh, I don't have the windows open. It's hot in here, but it's not because I'm afraid of noise coming in. It's be. <laughs> oh, is there a horse? <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> um, I don't want the people walk because my window is like right on the street, so anyone so walking they get by, a, yeah, you they, don't want them to get a free episode without the download. Yeah. They yeah. need to, if they want to hear this episode, they have to download this episode, like everybody else in America. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Mike. Um, by the way, so I have this contract right now where I have to show up to an office like eight hours a day. Yeah, it's called a job. <laughs> uh, yeah, Mike, I have this new thing where I have to like drive to an office. I show up and I do work. And they're like weird if I don't put a shirt on. Yeah, and then, and then every week or so I get a check with money. Yeah. Yeah, what is that? I don't know. There is there's this weird guy that always says, uh, working hard or hardy, hardly working. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then someone brought in, I'm not even joking, someone brought in Meyer lemons today and there were people like so excited. And also, like, let me tell you this, because this is new for Jeff Dance, is where to go to lunch every day is, like, the biggest discussion. Yes. It starts around 10 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, oh, where are we going to go? Today we went to this, uh, a pokey place, a place that makes, like, it's like a Chipotle, but then they make poke bowls. Oh, cool. And Aaron was so excited that we went there. <laughs> Office life is so weird. <laughs> it really is so weird. And you know what's so funny too is, I mean, this is such like a real office. I mean, they're young and they're hip. It is a, c- a creative office, but Mike, they they so do not like like they're so fine. They're so vanilla, right? And yeah. sometimes like one of the girls in the office that I work in will say like, "Oh man, you know, uh, uh, I don't want HR to hear this." And I'm like, if these fucking bitches knew. What you and I used to put up with at the Princeton Review 20 years ago or whatever. 
Uh-huh. Their heads would spin. It would literally be like The Exorcist. Like, it was like every different office had its own potential lawsuit. That was like yeah. insane that if it would come out in the news, people would be like, what? <laughs> oh, my yeah. God. Penises were shown. <laughs> Women were sexually harassed openly. Uh-huh. <laughs> I literally grabbed. I shouldn't say the guy's name. Uh, I, I literally, some guy in marketing, who I won't say his name. I'll tell you off the air. Would let me like rub his penis. He was and straight, he was by the way. Straight, yeah. Oh, you know, know who it was? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like it was amusing to him for me to rub his penis. And I didn't mind. I thought he was hot. Did you think he was hot? Never. Oh, there's something about him that I just thought he was so hot. He looked like a dumb Uncle Jesse from Full House. You know me. what? Yeah, I could see that. <laughs> just not my type. I don't know. I thought he was so hot. I remember when we went, when we all went to Vegas one time. This is not even my story. When we all went to Vegas one time, he, um, did I get sick or drunk? But I went in the bed. I went to bed before everybody else did. I think I was drunk. I, I was just done. I partied too hard. And as a joke, he got in the bed with me and cuddled like he's the little spoon, and then put my hand on his dick. And I was like, I'll, I will fucking really do this. It went kind of far, not super far though. Not far enough, I'll tell you that. Anyway, Mike Lawson, a couple of weeks ago, I want you to know that I went on a couple of months, like a month ago, actually. A month ago, actually, I think exactly. What is the date today? Um, The 13th of okay. July. It's weird to say that because the show's not going to be published till later, but. Yeah, 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 yeah. On Sorry, guys. We June recorded 12th, this early. On June 12th, I went to Hawaii. The, a month ago. A month yeah. ago, the island of Hawaii. I'm sorry, the island of Maui I went to in Hawaii. And uh, I want to tell you some stories from that if you let me. Yeah, sure. I kept I kept a little bit of a journal. Uh, you know, I was there for seven days. I'm not going to run through every day. I'm going to run through the highlights. Okay. And the highlights start with Betty Batance telling us that we need to get to the airport at 8.30 in the morning. Okay. Right? So that means to get to LAX from, uh, we were actually even from my brother's house. In Orange County, we had to leave like at 8, right? Or 7.45 or 7.30, like really early, right? Mm-hmm. Mike Lawson, our flight didn't leave till noon? <gasps> Mom. She's like, I was, I'm was. i really nervous about like, what you, and my dad was like, uh, I saw the news that the space that has like two hours to get to security. And we're like, there, there's literally a website where you can see how long it's going to take to get to security. Right? Yeah, but even so, I can't see that much. Yeah, no, no. From, wait, you said this was LAX? LAX. Uh, I could see her being nervous because it's not like the Ontario airport next to her house. It's kind of bigger and whatever, but like, that's a lot of time. Yeah. If you arrived at the airport three hours before the flight, you were golden. Yeah, and my brother like pre-checked us in and everything like that. I mean, it was already set up. So we take this shuttle and we get to, I think we get to the airport around 8.30 or 9 or something, right? My brother says, because my brother flies a lot for his work. He goes, this is crazy because we check the luggage in. Yeah. My brother says, help me t- check the luggage in. So I check the luggage in. It's done lickety split, right? To- right. But he says, as we're checking the luggage, he's like, wow, there is like literally nobody in the security line. We got to take advantage of this, right? We get back to, after turning the luggage, Mike, it happened so fast. And we're like, all right, let's let's do security right now. There's no line. Where's mom? <laughs> my mom had vanished. Uh-huh. And they're like, my dad's like, oh, I don't know where she is, right? And we're like, what? Where is she? And then finally, my sister-in-law's like, oh, she went to the bathroom. Mike, she was gone for so long. Then as we're standing there, the line is growing 
and growing and growing. And I was like, mother, ugh. right? So finally, Betty comes back and she's like, the bathroom is so far away. And we're like, uh, so we get in the security line, right? And you've been through security. You have those things where you put your arms up and the, the yeah. machine goes around. I go in. My brother. Everybody goes in, right? Yeah. Super. Who do you think gets pulled out of line and and waves a wand over her? Betty Batons. Why? Why? Who knows? They spray stuff on her hands to make sure uh-huh. she doesn't have like. Ex- do you think that they do that? Because my mom's an old lady. Do you think that they do that so that the guy who they really want to pull doesn't say like, "Why aren't you pulling her?" Maybe. I don't. I don't know if it's a random check. If it's like they count or something. Like it might be more random than that. I was so amused sitting there, tying my shoes, watching my mom. My mom getting patted down by TSA, spraying things on her hands. So anyway, we fly to Hawaii, and we're there for a couple of days, okay? I have my own room. My parents have their own room, and my brother and his kid and his wife have their own room, right? Mike, second night there, in the middle of the night. Because you know, what, what's going on? I'm traveling, right? Uh-huh. I have the worst fucking panic attack, right? Oh, okay. So in my head, I'm like, well, I'm having a heart attack. The world's over. world's over. I'm having a heart attack. I'm going to die here in Hawaii. They're going to ship my body back to California, right? And maybe it would be worth, if I could interrupt for a second, mentioning, just because in my head I got a little confused, Hawaii took place before your breakup. Yes. Right? Yes. Okay. Did I, mention- I don't know. I don't think it's relevant, but like when you were like panic attack, I was like, well, recently. Well, I don't think we talked and- about that on. Oh, I don't think we talked about this on the show, but <laughs> before Cam and I broke up, I was having a lot of panic attacks to the point where it was a problem. Even the day before we went to Hawaii, um, Cameron and I went to a taco festival, because why not? Uh-huh. And I had a really bad panic attack uh, at the taco festival. And Was it really busy? Yes, a lot of people. Okay. Yeah, and so uh, I was like, hey, "Babe, I I have to. I'm having a panic." And he was so good about that stuff. I will have to give it to him. He's like, "Okay, okay, let's just let's just chill. We'll hang out, you know, calm down." And so we did, and everything was fine. Anyway, so I'm thinking I'm having a heart attack, right? And then I yeah. look online, and the nearest hospital is on the other side of the island. So I, I don't know what I decide. I decide I'm going to drive myself to the hospital at one in the morning. Joe, right? what? I drive myself to the emergency room, right? I didn't know this. No. What, what, what do you mean well, you didn't know this? Why would I tell you this? I'm saving these stories for the show. <laughs> okay. So I get I, at one in the morning, I go downstairs. I get the car. We would rented a car. And, I, and here's the thing. The actual hospital was technically like 13 miles away. But the way the roads work in Hawaii, it took me 45 minutes to get there. So I drive to the emergency room, park, and I tell them I think I'm having a heart attack. So uh, the woman goes, well, we need to do tests right away. And they do an EKG, and she goes, "Mm, you're not having a heart attack. But you need, we need, we still need to do a checkup on you and do all this, right? So, Mike, why do I wait for four hours? And they run every single test on me. They run a chest x-ray. They do blood work. I mean, they do every (laughs) test on me, right? Uh-huh. And at the end All of a sudden I have I have an apple in my mouth and this yeah. stick out my butt. <laughs> yeah, and they're like spinning. this will be a good luau tomorrow. So uh so then they're like, Okay, well you've done all the tests. Now the doc we have to wait for the doctor to run through the test with you and tell you what the status is, right? 
Yeah. So now this is where I have to wait for the four hours, actually. All the tests were done early. And they have me connected, my blood pressure continually being monitored. And I'm in the and I'm in the bed. And every so often, like every 20 minutes or something, the blood pressure machine will take my blood pressure, right? And okay. as it's doing this, it keeps going up and up and up to the by the point that the doctor sees me, it's actually beeping. It's going like beep, 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 because my blood pressure <laughs> is out of control high, like, Joe, like okay. dangerously high. Right? So I but then the doctor just shows up and he just rips the cord out, like, ugh, shut up, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. And he goes, You're not having a heart attack. There's nothing wrong with you. Uh so yeah, get out of here. <gasps> not like that, okay. but like basically he I will say he wasn't like that, but he had an attitude like, ugh, another crazy, right? But still, like it was obviously something. A panic attack. It, is it I mean that's it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So then I drive, but now it's like five in the morning, right? And I drive back to the hotel and I go to sleep. I sleep, I sleep until like 2 p.m. or something, right? But now when I wake up, I'm now super concerned. I go, I have crazy high blood pressure. I'm going to have a stroke. Okay. So that afternoon, I go to the hospital. Again? To, to, well, this time I'm a, a, a Kaiser. I have, I'm a Kaiser member and they have one where actually four miles okay. from the, two miles from the hotel. So I make an appointment. I go see a doctor. Like, what a great way to spend your time in Hawaii. <laughs> I got to see all well, just, the sights. Just like Joshua Tree. Remember when Joshua Tree was in the hospital too? Yeah. So then I go to the doctor and then I, I tell them, I, I tell them, I go, my blood pressure is really high. Mike, will you take my blood pressure at uh, a doctor? <laughs> Perfectly normal? Like 110 over 80 or 105, something like crazy, like 120 over 80. I don't know what normal is, right? Totally normal, like uh-huh. what a normal person would have. One, 107 over 75, or I don't know what it is, right? Okay. And they yeah. go, your blood pressure is normal. And I go, yeah. I want to see the doctor, right? So the doctor comes in, and I go, listen. I need to talk to someone, because I was in the hospital last night for nothing. Yeah. And they told, they told me... <laughs> I had high blood pressure, so, so then, now it yeah. has no, to Mike. be something. Yes, Mike, yes. No, you're, you're being funny, but that's exactly what my logic is. So the doctor come in, comes in, and she says, what's the problem? I go, listen, this is what happened. I go, actually, honestly, can you take my blood pressure again? I think that was a mistake. They take my blood pressure again? It's even better? <laughs> right? Uh-huh. And she goes, there's nothing wrong with you. I'm going to write your prescription for Valium. Yeah, your blood pressure was 180 over get the fuck out of my office. Yeah. So now now I have, well, at least now I have a prescription for Valium, right? Okay, yeah. So I get the Valium, and uh, and then I, I, I go home. So now- Wait, 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 wait. What did they prescribe you in Joshua Tree? Xanax. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I feel like this is your way to get party drugs on vacation. <laughs> Yeah, it's got to, all I had to do was pay a copay and I get Valium. Yeah, <laughs> so uh, okay, so now Joe Batanz is fine. He's healthy. Well, health, he he thought he suffers from panic attacks, but he's not dying, right? Yeah, that's out of the way. So now it's time for snorkeling, right? This is like another day, right? And we're gonna go out in a catamaran and go snorkeling, right? Okay. I wasn't going to go snorkeling, but you, you were allowed to just chill on the boat and hang out. So we, yeah. we take the catamaran, drives you out, out way into the ocean. It's beautiful, by the way. It's a huge boat, and the crew's really good and, and uh, awesome. And, the, you know, Hawaii is beautiful. And, and uh, my mom decided, so, like, everyone's going to go snorkeling uh, except for me. 
and uh, you need to have a buddy system, right? And my mom, for some reason, is super concerned about the girls and and how they're going to be snorkeling, right? That they're going to drown nie- or something nieces. like that, right? Your nieces. Yeah, yeah. my nieces. Meanwhile, my mom – so they have – one of the crew gets in a surfboard and he's like the lifeguard making sure everyone's safe. And they're like, stay in this area. Don't go near the rocks. You know, don't go over there. You could die. Stay over here and everything will be fine. Yeah. Don't get lost on the way back from the bathroom. Don't get lost LAX. on the way back from the bathroom <laughs> LAX. And then they're like – and also there's a buddy system, right? Okay. So basically – um, Everyone else has the girls. My mom and my mom is like, I should be with the girls. And Mike and Danielle were wisely like, No, it's okay. We got the girls right. So yeah. In fact, Mike and Danielle took turns being my mom's buddy. <laughs> they were like, the girls are probably better uh, with us because they could say view, Betty. Yeah, Mike. <laughs> I'm sitting on this boat just enjoying the the beautiful wind and the ocean and everything like that, right? In fact, there right. were these we were where we were, there were these cliff divers, and I was just watching them cliff dive, right? Yeah. I actually could see you just sitting on the boat having more anxiety about that than any of the people in the water. Exactly. Oh yeah, like, oh my god, they're gonna hit their head on the rocks. <laughs> Give me a Valium. Mm-hmm. So then all I hear, because my I'm facing the other way from the snorkelers, right? All I hear the whole time is Betty! You know, like from the lifeguard, Betty, no, no, don't go there. The rock, Betty. And like my my brother having to stop snorkeling and go get my mom. And you just see my mom just like wandering aimlessly, looking down at the water, not hearing them. Uh-huh. Then you see the waves crashing against the rock. My mom almost always getting like smashed up against the rocks. Vultures were flying overhead, just Great. waiting for her Did to do Did she have a that. good time though? Oh, yeah, she loves snorkeling. But uh, but, okay. but my brother was like, yeah, I'm glad mom had a good time. Danielle and I were just basically couldn't snorkel because we had to take turns taking care of mom. Because she was just like literally like drifting towards the rocks. Like literally the, the lifeguard's like, no, Betty, no, bah, no, Betty. Right? Uh-huh. So then now the next thing is we went to different restaurants every night. Okay. Mm-hmm. One of them was this like locals, like really good Italian place called Sali Pepe. Okay. Which means salt and pepper in Italian. Okay. And it's one of those, like, it. it's just funny because it's Hawaii, but it's, like, trying to be nice Italian restaurants, right? Like, like, oh, hello. And, like, the cloth over the arm kind of thing. And, like, everything's in Italian on the menu and stuff, right? Yeah. So, yeah. And it's, it's, my dad's like, I don't know what the order is. I don't know what this language is. I don't put in English, right? <laughs> I feel like, correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like your mom or your dad, I'm not sure which is the type of person at a restaurant to use their smartphone camera uh, flash as like a light to read the menu. My dad would, yeah, my dad, I think my dad actually did do that. I'm not even being funny. Yeah. I think my dad actually did do I that. Could, I could see it, yeah. So we're sitting there, right? My mom, like, can tell, look at the menu, doesn't know what to get. But the, she, she does recognize the word penne, so I think that attracts her. <laughs> so uh-huh. the waiter comes, right? <laughs> and he's like, I'll take your order. And obviously he goes to the women first. You know, it's traditional. And my mom's oldest. So he goes, ma'am. And she goes, hmm, I'll have the number 20. Right. And he goes, you know, um, I'm having trouble remembering which one that is. Could you point it to me? Right. (laughs) And I I look at the menu because she goes, it's the one with the penne. And I look at the menu, Mike, that was the price. (laughs) 
So I have to give the waiter props for being really cool and smooth about it. Right, not being like, listen, bitch, that's the price of the dish. It's not the number 20. <laughs> right? Aww. Yeah. yeah. And she was so embarrassed. Did you point that out to her? Yeah. I said, Mom, that's the price. <laughs> oh, I didn't know. Everything's in Italian. I thought it was just the number 20. But meanwhile... <laughs> It's, it's first of all, it's a nice Italian restaurant. What nice restaurant do you go to where they number the dishes? Yeah, and also, did she look at the other numbers that they're all in the eighteen to twenty range? Right. <laughs> right. So then, yeah. that's pretty much the highlights from the Hawaii trip. That had anything worth telling? I mean, look, it was a beautiful island. I went and saw the sunrise and did all that. But who cares about that? That's like watching someone's vacation photo. So now. We drive, no, we fly back to Hawaii, right? And the way the flight worked out, because it's Hawaii, my mom wanted us to, you know, have a good casual day and not be too late. We didn't arrive into LAX until 9.30 or 10. Okay. But my mom's like, we have a shuttle to ready to pick us up at 10 o'clock and it's taking us home. <laughs> so we I think we landed at 9.30. We get our bags. 10 o'clock rolls by. We go to the shuttle place. No shuttle. The guy's like, oh, yeah, 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 it's going to be here any minute. Now it's 10-10. No shuttle. Oh, oh yeah, no. yeah, we've called them. It's coming. 10-15, 10-20. By 10-20, my brother now, my dad's like pissed. And my dad yeah. goes up to the guy and he's like, where's the shuttle? You know, we pay for the shuttle. The guy's like, oh, let me call them. Um, yeah, they're going to be here any second now. Then it's like, it's now 10-25, 10-30. Now Mike Batanz goes in, and he, I don't even know what he said. I just see it. It's very angry, right? Uh-huh. Super angry, yelling at the guy. And he's like, the guy says it's going to be here any minute. Now it's 1045. No shuttle. And oh, I go, shit. Okay. The faggot needs to get involved now, right? So okay. I, I walk up to this guy, and I go, listen, what's the update on this shuttle? He goes, uh, let me call um, the base. Uh, yeah, what's going on with the shuttle for the Batan family? And uh, it's this Mexican kid, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, he goes, yeah, they said 10 minutes. So I go, I take out my phone. And I say, listen, see this? I'm actually putting it for 15 minutes, this timer. Mm-hmm. You have 15 minutes to get this shuttle here. If this timer goes off, and I will give you five-minute warnings. If this timer goes off, I will start shouting up and down this entire airport, telling them not to use primetime shuttle ever because you guys are con artists. And I will not stop until a shuttle arrives. So you have 15 minutes, my friend. And he goes, I don't know why you're mad at me. I go, I'm not mad at you. You tell whoever you need to tell. And I will, and then, and then, you know, fifteen minutes. Well, if you if you said ten, I'm giving you a five minute buffer. Okay. Five minutes go by. I said five minutes have passed. Ten minutes go by, right? And by this point, I realize there's no shuttle coming, right? So here's what I do. I'm not gonna actually go up and down the thing yelling like a lunatic. I call an Uber. I order an Uber, but okay. it, because there's so many people, I have to order an Uber Black. And it says it'll be there in four minutes. So the alarm goes off. And just as the alarm goes off, 
The Uber Black shows up. And I go, listen, I'm going to tell you something. My mom here, she's standing right next to me. She's putting a stop payment. You tell your people this. We're canceling the entire order. In fact, the, the ride over here from your shuttle, they're not, it's not getting paid. You lost everything. You tell them that. We're canceling it, and that's basically paying for this Uber ride. Mom, take care of it, right? And I walk off, and I start loading this shit into the Uber, right? And we take an Uber black home, right? Yeah. A couple of days later, my mom calls me, and she goes, so how does Uber work? And I go, I tell her, and she goes, but how come it appeared on my card? Right? I go, no, I paid for it. What are you talking about? And she goes, oh, American Express called and said that um, uh, there's a, like a $200 Uber charge on my card. I go, she goes, but they, they stopped it. Cause she goes, my, my credit card's been compromised. And then she, they ask her, um, well, did you give your credit card to anybody? And she goes, no, I never gave it. The only person I handed it to was the shuttle guy when he said, oh, he needed my credit card to give me a refund. So the shuttle guy stole her credit card number and was charging shit up all over the up and down L.A. You think so? He's the only one, yeah, and it was all in L.A. That's weird. Why don't you get him in trouble? Like, is she reporting My, that? Yeah, she told them. She said that they were like, well, there's no way to prove it. You know, I don't know. If, I think there is, but I think they just don't care, right? Yeah. So I don't know who had the last laugh. I guess he did. He just got some free, uh, I don't know what he bought. Oh, by the way, Uber. Send up for Uber with my mom's car. Yeah, I, I'm Betty Batance. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, uh, so that's pretty much the Hawaii trip in a nutshell. What do you got going on, Mike Lawson? Well, I'm going to do a news story, Joey. Uh, San Francisco man is getting around town a little more slowly today after a gang of muggers callously pulled his mode of transportation from his feet. It was 1.15 Monday morning when the victim, a 29-year-old man, was rollerblading near 23rd and Dakota Street, which is between Potrero Hill Rec Center and the Potrero Terrace Public Housing Development. According to the San Francisco Police Department, four men approached a rollerblader and began forcefully going through his pockets and asking him where his money was. As he was rollerblading? Yeah. Two of the suspects then punched the rollerblader in the face and head multiple times, and he fell to the ground. Once a man was on the ground, one of the suspects pulled the rollerblades from the victim's feet and swiped his cell phone charger, police say. Then they fled with the loot and haven't been seen since. Um, so my question to you, Joey, is yeah. when's the last time you were rollerblading? I've never rollerbladed. In fact, I was going to say, was, look, I don't approve of them uh, stealing this guy's stuff, but I kind of do appreciate them punching a rollerblader in the face. What? You don't like rollerbladers? No, they're annoying. Because you know what you know for a long in college for most of college I lived on the boardwalk in Newport Beach, okay, yeah, on the peninsula. Then also uh, I've also been in the city of Venice Beach and been on that boardwalk as well. These rollerbladers are so annoying, and they think bicyclists are the same way with this shit, where they think that because they're on wheels that they don't have to stop for anybody. Yeah. So they on the right, on the right, on the right, you know, and then you're like, what, what's going on? And they, 
No, you are. Why do you think because you're on rollerblades that now you have priority of out of all pedestrians now on this boardwalk? And they're doing their tricks and yeah, I don't, and enough of this with the rollerblading. I hate I hate it too. I do think though on a lot of boardwalks or places where it's shared uh, road space, there's pretty good rules, and a lot of times it's bikers following on those spaces. It's like bikers following the rules, and it's pedestrians yeah. doing, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But on the street, I think it's the opposite. I hate bicycles on the street. We, I hate. I'm still trying to so figure much. out who rollerblades though. Who's still rollerblading? It's always a guy that looks at the guy that's saying, "I'm too sexy." Like right, okay. said Fred is his name, but but didn't like get out of the '80s. Still in the yeah, 80s. yeah, yeah. He's like bald and wearing like fluorescent like. Uh, uh, tight bicycle shorts and like and i like, was thinking um cut off jeans oh yeah de- oh, cut off jeans and but always wearing like like carrying a walkman and like has like those like foam earphones in you know the ones that have like the foam on it and you like, wear them over your uh-huh. head uh-huh yeah and I, he's probably listening to right said fred or i don't know what he, what do you think he's listening no he's listening like, i'm walking on sunshine yeah <laughs> I, I think he's just listening to the whole time and spinning and going rollerblading backwards which that can't be safe What's also worth noting is the area they're t- area they're talking about uh, near the Potrero Hill Rec Center is like it's all hills. So these, are, but it's not just like a little bit of hills. These are like big San Francisco hills. Oh, so this so, guy's trying to show. Well, then, but that means that must be so dangerous to go down the hill. Yeah, and to get up it, you're basically probably have the your feet at like perpendicular angle and like penguin walking up the hill you can't ride wheels up that if these guys were funny they would have just pushed him down that hill and they're all everybody's <laughs> taking you know taking his stuff and then just pushed him down the hill it would have been so funny do you got any other stories for me joey i sure do mike lawson so um speaking of hospitals uh, i went for a checkup the other day with my doctor and what's wrong Speaking of hospitals, that was a story you told like 10 minutes ago. Speaking of my story 10 minutes ago. Well, you know, I'll get to the hospital in a second, actually. I'll come back to the hospital. But I hung out with friend of the show, Lori Roggenkamp, right? She and I were going to get together and just hang out, be friends. And she works nearby where I live. And she calls me and she says, listen, before we hang out, is there a target by you? And I say, sure is. She goes... Uh, let's go to Target first, and then we'll hang out. And I go, that's fine. Uh, I love, you know, Lori Roggenkamp is a lesbian. She doesn't mind my saying this. And uh, I love that she was going to Target to buy a bow tie and a man's shirt. <laughs> and uh, I love this Lori Roggenkamp. I almost wanted to do a podcast with her, because remember, she was in the first episode of um, my old podcast, Wait, Wait, Group Therapy. Mm-hmm. And the stories she has are so good she has such good stories like for instance even this story is good she lives with her aunt and the aunt knows that Lori's lesbian i think but doesn't just doesn't want it in her face or something weird like that you know how that is right so lori has been wanting to buy a suit but she's been buying it in little pieces <laughs> <laughs> so, so that the aunt isn't suspicious uh-huh. about why she has a man suit uh-huh. So, for some reason, Lori Roggenkamp was under the impression she could get a bow tie at Target. I've never seen that, but she did find the man's shirt. So, I say, when I, at Target, I go, listen, i got to get something, too. And this is where the doctor comes in. I had just seen the doctor that day. I had this, like, 
it just always looked like my arms, my forearms were sunburned. So I was like, what's going on with that? So I go to the, the doctor and he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Scabies. Close. He goes, it's a, it's a fungus. Yeah. You have a fungus on your arm. And I go, oh, how do I, how do I, uh, how do I cure that? And he goes, here's how you do it. Whenever you have large, this is tips for anybody out there. When you have large areas of fungus like that, it's not just your feet or something. Selsun Blue, the shampoo. Dangerous shampoo. Yeah. The Selsun Blue, specifically Selsun Blue for whatever medicine it has in it. And you just slather that all over your arms for like two weeks, once a day. And then right before rub, you get in the shower. rub it in like lotion? Yeah, oh. rub it in like lotion. Let it sit there for like 10 minutes and then take your shower as usual. And in two weeks, it'll be cured and gone, right? So you're not walking around with no, that No, 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 no. Yeah. Just right before I take a shower. So I need to get some... Because it would be embarrassing to just walk around with, with that With blue stuff. arms. I know. People would think I was uh, turned into a blueberry or something. So anyway... Um, only my arms, by the way. So I tell Lori Ronkham, listen, I got to buy some Selsun Blue. So I go to this Target... And we're there because we're going to go back to my place and hang out and be friends and do all that. And uh, and then she goes, I go, which one of these Selsun Blue should I buy? And they have, Mike, they have one that is like comically large, like Costco size Selsun Blue. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's like $7 or something like that, right? Okay. So I said, you know what? I'm just going to buy the biggest one. It's like gigantic. Like I've bought it in the past and it's expensive. I thought it was more than that. Well, I bought the Target brand. Uh, I didn't go with the brand name Selsun Blue. Gotcha. I went the Target brand. And it's gigantic. It was like so gigantic. And I go, I'm just going to buy this Target brand giant one. Like, yeah, because the same price of the little one is the Target brand for gigantic. Mm-hmm. So she goes, okay, do your thing. And here in LA, I'm sure, it's the, and I know in the Bay, it's the same thing. You have to pay extra for a bag. Yeah, usually a dime. Yeah. And and it and I will say it encourages me not to use a bag more often. Oh, and it encouraged me because I was like, I'm just driving back to my house. I have one item. I have one item. I'm not going to buy a bag, right? Yeah. What's the worst that could happen? Yeah, what's the worst that can happen? So I uh, <laughs> I, I just don't buy a bag, right? And then she goes, oh, do you want to go get something to eat after this? I go, yeah. So we go to this burger place that's close by. And as we're eating, a friend of the show, Patrick Keen, texts me and he's like, listen, uh, I'm at the Improv. And uh, you should cruise by. And that's that's really close by. And Lori Roggenkamp's a comedian. I'm a comedian. And uh, uh, this is a, a whole story for another day. Patrick Keene's encouraging me to to reconsider a uh, former boyfriend of the show, Rick Schmortzman. And, uh, and that's a whole other that's a whole other story that I don't even want to get into on the air, right? Okay. So he's all like, "Yeah, I think he's going to be here too." Right? I'm like, oh, okay. So I asked Rock and Cam over eating. I go, do you want to go to the improv? And she goes, yeah, let's go to the improv after this. So we finish eating. We drive to the improv. We're in front of the improv. And she goes, you know what? Do you mind if I just go home? I'm just really tired. I had a long day. And uh, I just, I'm really tired. And I go, no problem. No, no problem. But now Mike Lawson. <laughs> I have industrial size. Industrial size, not even brand name. Dandruff shampoo. Target, not even just shampoo. Yeah, yeah not even shampoo. <laughs> Target brand Selsun Blue, right? With no bag. Yeah, you walk in and they think you're like 
doing a, a prop routine. Yeah, they, I, like, I, I, oh, Joe's into props now? It's so big, I have to carry it like a puppet or like a baby. Right? <laughs> so now here I am at the improv. Everyone's walking around with a beer in their hand. I'm cradling... <laughs> I'm cradling a gigantic bottle of Selsun... Like, gigantic, Mike, of Selsun yeah. Blue. And everyone's like... No one brings that, but they're like clearly looking at why am I carrying a bottle of Selsun Blue in my arms? Do you think they were like afraid to ask because they thought you were maybe close to cracking or something? <laughs> I don't know. Well, you know what's so funny is you know who was there that night, and I didn't talk to her, but it was Maria Bamford. She probably huh. would have totally related. She goes, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> but uh, I didn't talk to her. She probably was like, oh, yeah, well, I've seen that before. Right. So actually, I only stayed for 10 minutes. I left before Mick Schmachnay showed up, and uh, I took a lift home. And then actually some other friends uh, – oh, uh, former friend – oh, no, he actually listens now. Friend of the show, Young Master Shane oh. uh, was in town, and so uh, people were getting together at a karaoke place. So I dropped off the Selsun Blue and went over and hung out with them for the rest of the night and had a, a really good time hanging out with them. You should have brought it. It would have been a conversation starter. Well, you know what? It, here's a weird story from that night is – so it was at this like um, karaoke bar in Culver City, California. But it's like – like, it's, like it's known for being a karaoke bar, right? Mm-hmm. And it was mostly like college age or not college, but you know, like in their mid twenties audience, everyone's like, "Oh, whose dad came?" You know, when I walked in, yeah. and um, and it was very not broy because it didn't have that like uh, aggressive feel, but it was like many bars for young people, uh, like sixty five percent men and thirty five percent women, right? Mm-hmm. And people yeah. singing all sorts of dumb songs like in sync and shit like that, right? And everyone for the most part would just ignore them or whatever. But then this one broy bald guy gets up and he sings Hello by Adele. And not even well, right? Mike, this is what's shocking to me. And I wish I would have recorded this. It was almost I wanted to cry. All these frat boys got super excited and cheered and they sang along. Like imagine a whole bar full of like men singing hello. Okay. Like and so excited they were cheering. It was like the biggest song of the night. And I was like, I just thought I was a song for gay guys and women. Uh-oh. That's interesting. The I could see that going really bad, too. Just because, I don't know, they get worse in a big group like that. Yeah, no, and they were like, Hello from the other side! I must have cried a thousand times! It's tried. I don't know why I said that. Cried. <laughs> I tell you, I'm sorry for breaking your heart, but it don't matter. Anyway, so that was uh, my night. Anyway, that sounds fun. I'm glad Shane's doing well. Yeah, he was doing great. I love Shane. I love seeing Shane. I see him once a year. Good. Yeah. He says uh, hello, by the way. He says, hello, how are you? Is Lawson still with Steve? He's fi- not Filipino. He's actually Korean. He's not from Korea town. I don't know why you always say that. <laughs> it's proof that you're doing it intentionally now. <laughs> Joey, Joey, Joey. Is a free small Slurpee worth a weight in a moderately sized line? 
if this picture here on the SFist is any indication, plenty of San Franciscans think, sure, why not? As has been a tradition since the year of Our Lord 2002, the chain bodega has pronounced July 11th, 711 Day with giveaways of their iconic Slurpee. This year, it's a free size small offered 7 a.m. to 11 p.m. I'm asking you, Joey, on a normal day, no, nothing weird about the crowd. Would you get a free Slurpee? No, for a couple reasons. One, and, um, I like Slurpees, but then you get that head freeze, that brain yeah. freeze, which I don't like. Two, Mike, I'm diabetic. Yeah, well, two things. That doesn't mean you can't have a little bit of goodness in your life if that's the choice that you make for that day but two they most 7-elevens now have a diet version just like oh there is yeah just Cut, it's so you just hear like, like a, a car peeling yeah. out <laughs> i hear your headphones crash on yeah, the table like, you're like yeah <laughs> <laughs> Um, they usually have like a Diet Coke or a, sh- a Crystal Light uh, mm-hmm. one. Yeah. So there's usually one. Oh, okay. I'm, and then I'm, I, I, I wouldn't wait in line. But <laughs> <laughs> now, now look, going back to what you said, yeah, I know that I realize that I can treat myself sometimes, but I'm not going to waste it on a Slurpee. Right. I I have certainly used um if if there were um an uh. Why are we both getting tongue-tied? If there were, like, a budget for the day, um, that's kind of an an analogy used in diabetes management training. Like, you have a daily budget, and you're going to spend, you know, a certain amount on the bread of your sandwich. But you could remove the bread and have more later for a cookie or whatever. Yeah. Um, But if I were to spend part of my budget, it probably wouldn't be on a Slurpee. However, there have been days where, like, I'm looking for like a cold drink like that, and it's nice to know that I could go in and get one. I don't think they're repulsive or anything. I don't think Slurpees are repulsive. Again, like I said, I'm just not going to waste calories or time on on that. And so, uh, you know, one of the things that I, I've actually talked to people about, I don't, I, don't know if you, I don't know if you and I have talked about this privately or not, but I remember when, and I'm sure you're going to correct me right now because I'm sure I'm going to get it wrong, but I think it's an interesting discussion to have. But when I was first diagnosed with diabetes uh you had told me that there's you know please correct me here but uh it's not necessarily totally clear whether being overweight causes diabetes or having diabetes causes being overweight correct yeah correct yeah i kind of think at least in my case maybe this isn't true all the cases i think it was the latter i've been dropping weight and everyone's like oh my god joe you're losing weight are you eating healthy and i'm like no just yeah my blood sugar is just i'm just watching my blood sugar i still eat like shit mm-hmm. you know but i just don't have french fries and you know what i do like for instance i'll get uh <laughs> like for mcdonald's i'll get like the two sausage muffins with egg right <laughs> that's not healthy but i just uh-huh. get sandwich only i don't get the hash browns and okay. i take off the tops uh, i just have it like almost like an open face sandwich right this is a conversation Steve and I have had a couple of times where um, when I first started dating, actually, he would eat an avocado every morning. And he was Wait, like, just like I an know. avocado? Yeah. Just like with and a spoon? Would, yeah. And he's like, I know it's so bad for you. It's bad fat, all of this. And I'm like, well, if you're going to have an avocado every morning instead of 
French fries or instead of potato chips. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's actually so much better. It's just, I, I don't know. We can't. We always say, like, I don't know. We just try to judge the quality of everything, not thinking of what that thing might be replacing for you. Yeah. So for you, like, when you're like, I have two sausage McMuffins, that sounds funny. But if you're saying, like, instead of... You know what I mean? Something even worse. Yeah. The way that you do it. Yeah. I'm addicted right it. now to like, because I know what affects my blood sugar and what does it. Like, remember when I, I had a bagel. I thought it was being so good. And I had a bagel with cream <laughs> cheese. And my blood sugar was so high. I was like, my, and Mike gave, you know, I'm, like, I'm going to tell you guys something. This Mike Lawson knows his diabetes. I call, I'm in a panic. My blood sugar is so high. I've never been that high. And he goes, drink a lot of water and go for a walk. So I went on like a two mile walk and drank a shit ton of water. My blood sugar just went back to normal like that. Yeah. Um. But like, for instance, for some reason, that shoots my blood sugar up. Con- I think I've had more Jack in the Box tacos for meals than anything. My blood sugar just stays the same. Yeah. Right? I actually, there's, well, there's certain researchers that have d- done research in this more than I can actually talk about. But like, I feel like diabetes is c- kind of borderline like eating disorder. Like, you get obsessed with, like, certain things. You might start to find yourself eating, uh, thing, like, eating the exact same thing, same portions, regardless of how hungry you are. Like, there's just a lot of disordered eating, at least. Maybe not eating disorder, but disordered mm-hmm. eating that goes along with it. Like, your relationship with food changes. It's weird. So, this is actually, I'm glad that we're having this conversation because, audience, I want you to know, at one point off the air, I told Mike, we should do another podcast. It's just diabetes like catching up by just diabetes, right? Yeah. Mike Lawson goes, no. Well, I get paid to work in diabetes space, and like mixing the two, it's it would be weird. No. No, that's not what you said. Yes, You're, it is. No, you said, honestly, Joey, I, I think you'd be too controversial for the diabetes world. Mm, that's not exactly what I said, but maybe that's what you heard. What I'm saying is, like, for me to do something with you, it would have to be, like, the catching up Mike Lawson. It couldn't be the work Mike Lawson. And they're different. Are they? I know it's hard to understand as a person who doesn't go to an office frequently. No, I do now. <laughs> Until Friday. Yeah. So there's there's just different personalities that I would do. And I couldn't do something with you and pu- push it out to the people who also are funding the nonprofit I work for, you know? I showed my diabetes uh, machine, whatever you call it, the blood tester, to my doctor when I would do my checkup. Yeah. And he goes, wow, if these numbers are accurate and, like, if, if this – I think your A1C is going to be, like, 5.5 or 6. And good. I go, oh, that's good. Yeah, really good. And then I can start eating potatoes. I can go back to being sh- – oh, so oh, I got to be careful here. I have such a, I'll have to tell you off the air. I have a good story about that. Somebody, let me put it this way. I, I, I can do this. I was talking to somebody that I know, and he was giving me, he, he goes, oh, I was diagnosed with diabetes like a few years ago or something, right? And he goes, um, yeah, and, and he was giving me, I do this and do that. I'm like, I'm like, oh, this is actually really solid, not advice, but like this guy knows what he's talking about, right? Yeah. And then later on, and he said, like, yeah, I started doing this. I lost weight, and my A1C dropped to five or something like that, and it, it blah, 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 right? Then I see him later. He's having this gigantic piece of cake, right? Now, hold on. Hold on. 
<laughs> I, I was really, I, I was really I ready to Hold say on. something. So then I go, so then I say, oh, so you're able to manage something? You eat cake? And he goes, I can have as much cake as I want. I cured my diabetes. I'm cured. It's gone. Oh. And I go, oh, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it's complicated, and I want to say, like, people that are living with it can't. You like, you can't judge a snapshot of what you see, uh, but the craziness of of um, the cure talk is always weird. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. It's a red flag if a smart person, if a patient says the word cured or reversed. I'm like, mm, I, under- I understand what you're trying to say. I like if remission pro- better. If a professional says cured or divert or reversed, even remission is kind of red flag for oh, me. Oh, really? What? What? So, yeah. so let's say I had two years of like five A1C. What would I call it then? I don't. I don't know if there's really a term. Basically, all you're doing is kicking the road of treatment down the road. You still have it. You're just managing it through diet and exercise, mm-hmm. and it's just dangerous to be like, oh, I got rid of it because I did good, so then if I have it, that means I do bad. I've done bad. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's it's just a weird way of, like, phrasing that makes – that, you know, ca- furthers the stigma around diabetes. Like, I, I deserve this because I did bad, which isn't the case. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. It's just language, but I don't know it matters. What do we call our, our diabetes podcast? <laughs> um, I don't know. <laughs> I really don't. I could not do one. Mike, you do a, a diabetes podcast. Sort of. It's complicated. What's the name of that podcast, Mike? Um. Well, it's it's going through a facelift right now. So, um. It's different. I don't want to talk about it on here, Joe. <laughs> you want me to delete that out? Cut it out? No. No. I just I just don't want to talk about it. I would. I don't mind if people from this show find that stuff. The part that I'm – I mean, I'm not – 12-minute stories? Too I'm not too worried. But if people from that world find this one, then it's weird. I don't know. I'm just worried about crossing streams a little bit. So. What yeah. some would call lies? Yeah. Do you have any plans to do a new podcast anytime soon, Mike Lawson? I don't, no. I've actually intentionally told myself. I mean, I have some ideas that I think would be cool and fun, but I told myself, like, I'm going to give it a good chunk of time to figure. Like, I'll keep all those ideas, and if one of them sticks and still is exciting, you know, in a year, maybe. Um, this isn't a real story. I'm just going to mention it on the show uh, because it's not a real story, and we're at the end here. Oh, I got an Apple Watch, by the way. Did I tell oh, you, you that? Oh, but are you doing that thing that people do who have an Apple Watch, like Taylor the Latte Boy, where they like go like, they shoot their arm out and they go, oh, uh, what time is it? Like, it's like, it's like way over the top. Like, you, whenever I do this podcast with this Taylor the Latte Boy, and you go like, oh, I wonder what time it is. He could look at his computer. All of a sudden, his arm shoots out like he's reaching for the stars, right? And You're like, exaggerating. You've been so mean to Taylor in the past two episodes. <laughs> and then he turns his wrist and is like, it's like, it's it's so like, like, look at this. Look at this thing that I have here. Stop it. <laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah, how do you like your Apple Watch? Good. It just told me that I need to stand up. <laughs> did you uh, did you do anything on this Prime Day? Amazon Prime Day that just happened? No. I didn't even look. I looked. There was nothing I wanted. It was nothing Last I wanted. Last year was a bummer, I remember. 
I remember being really excited last year and being let down. Yeah. Yeah, there was nothing that I wanted. Anyway, I was going to say was uh, a little cap story because it's such, such not a real story worth another podcast is I went to the... So one of the... One of the bad parts about breaking up with Cameron was we had bought Hollywood Bowl tickets together for the whole season, right? Right? And uh, he didn't have the cash at the time up front, so we had agreed, oh, as the shows happened, he would just pay me per show, right? We just bought six tickets, six six shows. It was a special, right? Yeah. And And so then as each show happened, he would just pay me for each ticket, so basically like an installment plan, right? So when we broke up, uh, he got out of that commitment, right? So now I had all these tickets that were already bought and paid for, right? Yeah. So the first one happened uh, last Sunday. What's so funny? At at each show, there's a guy in a trench coat reading a newspaper <laughs> next <laughs> next to you. <laughs> so uh, no, I have all the tickets. So I took a friend of the show, Adam Vaught, with me. We went to go see Brian Wilson of the Beach Boys perform his Pet Sounds album. But I'm not going to tell you about that show because it's, this is not a, a, a concert review show, right? Good. But what I will say, I forgot until we got there, was he had this opening act, right? And I forgot that when he bought the tickets for Brian Wilson, Cameron was actually, he goes, I think I'm actually more excited for the opening act than Brian Wilson, right? There's a guy named M. Ward, right? Yeah. So it's Los Angeles and M. Ward's performing. And so obviously we're in Los Angeles. So there's a lot of like famous musicians and whatnot who uh, are in town so he, m ward says i want to bring out some special guests right and he brought the special guests for like the last three songs you wouldn't know who they are i don't even know who they are right but i was just sort of like it was like weird sad and amusing that it was these two guys from two different bands who are cameron's like favorite bands like literally like his most favorite like if he would have been there he would have lost his shit right mm-hmm. And so it's sort of weird to be like, oh, wow, it's so bizarre, you know? Other story from Hollywood Bowl night is, uh, you'll never guess who else was there. Who? Trevor. Oh, really? Yeah, so he texted me, like, are you here? And I go, yeah. And so Adam Vaughn and I walked over to Trevor's seat. Mike, we walk over. Oh, Adam Vaughn knows Trevor, too, right? Yeah. We walk over to this bench, right? There's a disco ball. There's a gigantic on. That gigantic picnic basket is there with him and his date. Gigantic, Mike. Like you can female tell, date. Yeah, yeah. Oh, by the way, I brought that up with Adam Vaught. Adam Vaught says I'm crazy after meeting him that he doesn't even seem remotely gay. That I exaggerated. Really, yeah. really. He said he seems broy. Okay. Whatever. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. By the way, everyone thinks Adam Vaught's gay. So there are such things as gay bros too. Yeah. Oh, trust me. I watch a lot of that porn. Yeah. <laughs> if you're on Reddit, there's a gay bros gone wild. Anyway, this gigantic picnic basket is sitting right there, right? Yeah. So. <laughs> the girl is the girl is mouthing, help me. You know what, though? I, I, I'm going to balance it. Trevor is so generous. And the reason he said, come over to where I am. We have a ton of uh, wine and champagne and come and get Aww. some. And he had some that cups ready nice. for us and some we So, yeah. So, it was great. I just We love do make fun of him a lot, but just because it's like a go-to thing. Yeah. We make fun of the ones we love the most. Yeah. Except for Boo Hecker. We genuinely do not like him. I literally laughed out loud today. We got a tweet from somebody. Um, bless her heart, by the way, for really making... It wasn't a hard day, but it made me feel better. Her name's Renee. 
Uh, I believe she's Renee Camp one zero one two on Twitter, and she said, "Hold up, Joey Boohacker, <laughs> spelled B O O H E C K E R. Hold up, Joey Boohacker is a real person. I always thought JB was a euphemism for Joe's inner critic. <laughs> Confused. <laughs> Which I was having a rough day today too. So when I like, well, rough because I was working, and um." <laughs> Oh, this reminds me. I've been me every week. I forget to do this. I forget to do this. I actually haven't even run this by Mike, so if, you might not hear this. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? I want to do a contest. Okay, do it. So here's the contest. Write new lyrics for our theme song. Okay. And if you win, uh, Mike, you don't have to split it with me, but we'll pay for the guy who wrote the th- song to sing the song with the new lyrics. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah. Okay. So you have our theme song, write new lyrics for the theme song, submit them, and we'll pick the best one. And then Joe and I will go halvesies. We'll go halvesies and pay the guy to record it again. Cool. Sound good? (laughs) Cool. What do you have going on Um, next week? And so they submit them just via text oh, by yeah, no. emailing email, guys email, at yeah. CU Podcast. Guys at cupodcast.com. Guys at cupodcast.com. Email them. Is there a deadline? There should. There should I don't know. Let's say. Let's keep a it a contest. What is it now? Let's say August 15th. Okay. Give you a month to do it. Yeah. We'll try to remind you. Uh, good idea. Uh, what do you got going on, Joey, next week? Uh, I'm seeing Lori Roggenkamp again. Oh, <sighs> here's this. I'm going, this is so weird. I need more gay friends in LA. I'm not even lying because I have extra ticket to two amazing gay events and I cannot get anyone to go with me because Richard's leaving town for two weeks on Thursday. He's going to Cuba. And then John Paul gave me his two tickets to go see, um, the James Franco movie King Cobra about um, the when that Brent Corrigan murder. Yeah, which I want to see. Yeah, so I have an extra ticket. There are people who want to go with me. You have to make it to L.A. on Saturday, but um, I have a t- an extra ticket for that show. No one will go with me. I have no gay friends in L.A. And every straight person is like, "What? A gay porn movie with James Franco? No, thank you." <laughs> then on Tuesday of next week. John Paul, Evil John, and I are going to see West Side Story at the Hollywood Bowl, right? We have an extra ticket. The whole, it's the whole show? Or the whole like... show. Duda Mel's conducting the Hollywood Phil. I mean, the LA Phil. Um, I guess some guy from Newsies, from the, John Paul knew who he was, is playing Tony and the, the chick who won the, the, broad, the Tony for the Broadway recent revival is playing Anita. And... Um, it's going to be amazing. We have an extra ticket. We have no one to go with us. I I've asked go. everybody. Man, I want to go to all of that. <laughs> I know. How is that? And, uh, so anyway, thank you. Cool. Um, what do you have going on next well, week? I'm going to go hiking on Saturday uh, with Steve. That's pretty much the only thing we have planned for till we till we'll talk again. So hopefully something will happen. So does Steve does Steve outwalk you when you guys go on hikes? Oh, he's such a fast walker all the time. I know, I've been there. And he says, um, "Well, you just need to slow down, and then I'll keep pace with you." So I do that, and then he's like three car lengths ahead of me, and he's talking to me, 
and then I'm behind him, and I'm yelling, "What? What?" Yeah. I know what you mean. When, when when we were at that, when I did that walk where I almost passed out in Joshua Tree, yeah, Cameron was trying to go slow enough for me, but you could tell he was just like, Ugh. like walking backwards, yeah, and like <laughs> walking on his knees and like yeah. <laughs> doing crazy Re- things. Reading a book. Reading a book. <laughs> Going back to the campsite, getting things and coming back. <laughs> Going and holding a spot for me in the emergency room till I showed up. <laughs> Digging trails of shortcuts for you. Yeah. Just so you get there quicker. <laughs> Plotting out breaking up with me. <laughs> okay. On June something or whatever day it was. Uh, oh, by the way, I want to say this too. We have received, I especially me, I've received so many nice messages from people about the breakup, and thank you. Uh, again, very kind, and I'm doing fine. Of course, the only mean messages we got were from, <laughs> <laughs> which again, I love that we got the text message that was like, and it was nice too, and I felt so bad. I was typing as you wrote the response, but we get this nice text message from. Uh, listener. For, uh, listener. No, 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 no. From Joey Boohecker. Where at oh. first he goes, I haven't listened yet, but I'm glad <laughs> you guys are back. <laughs> this isn't verbatim. You're not reading a text. You're no, just trying to remember. I'm just summarizing it. Yeah. A hypothetical text from a friend yeah. named Joey Boohecker. Yeah, no, we, we, I'm not saying it was Joey Boohecker. I'm just yeah, saying it yeah. just said, I haven't listened yet, but I'm glad you guys are back. And then we were both like, oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) And then we were getting the commentary as he was listening. But what was funny was ultimately he was like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. It was too confusing. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it was causing me anxiety. Yeah. (laughs) What's causing him anxiety? The story of your breakup. (laughs) Yeah. The story of my breakup was causing him anxiety. You should have prepared the story more. And he was like, I didn't say who broke. He had some weird convoluted, like, he was yeah. trying to gauge my sadness or something. I don't know. It was so complicated. I don't know. Anyway. But then we got a really nice message almost immediately after that from someone who messaged both of us on oh, Facebook. So yeah, but then there was um, somebody. Well, there was somebody who messaged us and said, Mike, I think he did, but I think he just messaged me. Did you get that one? Um, No. I'll send it to you because he said, like, um, I have to send it to you. But he thought it was talking to you, but it was for me. And then we got another one from a listener who was really, really nice. He only sent it to me. But he hosts um, a radio show on Sirius XM, and he wants us to be the guests. Oh, I know who it is. Larry Flick. Yeah. Yeah. You knew okay, this? Okay, let's talk to him. No, I know who he is. I know he listens. Oh, okay. Um, so, and I know he's on Sirius, so that makes sense. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, Joey, it was nice catching up with you. Go to hell, Mike. Okay, bye. (laughs) Hit the microphone. Thank you for listening to another episode of Catching Up. Find a new episode each week at cupodcast.com, in iTunes, or in the Stitcher Smart Radio app. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash cupodcast. Follow us on Twitter at cupodcast. Email us at guys at cupodcast.com. Or call our listener line at 510-239-7798. Use action to defeat worry and fear.
Do something to change what can be changed and you'll no longer be afraid.